On this episode of Sandlot Sports, we talk about the college basketball season, the upcoming tournament, the NFL, and the NFL draft, ways to fix the NFL, and we start to wax nostalgic about the NBA. That as an owner, you want to win games. Yes. But as a businessman who is an owner of a team, uh, of a business, my goal is to make as money, much money as possible. Well, well, and if I... Cool. Jerry made 3,200% investment on the Cowboys. Time for some Super Bowls, you fucker. Welcome to Sandlot Sports. I am Adam Capison. I'm here with Dorian Cody. What up? And BJ Thomas. Good morning. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, and good night. So, gentlemen, I looked at the clock and I looked at the calendar. It is March. You know what that means? March Madness. It means March Madness is upon us. <laughs> yes, it does. And so I, I got a question, just kind of how you guys want to start this. Do you want to start with the annual Syracuse, will they or will they not make the tournament, kind of go back and forth? Or do you want to start kind of, with the complete that, and total lack of leadership of Baylor? That seems kind of fucking personal, <laughs> especially from somebody, <laughs> especially from some, yeah, from the one year that you're actually ranked. Oh. Hey, they're, they're getting beat by like 20 right now. So let's. I wish we could like put a little. No, but it's corn, a, a little corner shot in the screen and Michigan getting their ass by 20 right now. I would do it. Y'all are going to make me learn technical stuff just to do this. <laughs> no, but it, it seems like every year you hear Syracuse or they're on the bubble. Syracuse, are they going to make it? And it's like every year there are a ninth, 10th, or 11th seed. Every year recently. Yeah, well, I, I can't think of the last year that, where they weren't on the bubble or where they well, had a seed above six. It was always when are they going to, or if they're going to win the Big East tournament. Uh, tournament or not and now recently with Bayheim, ever since the sanctions they've been backsliding and i think it's his one foot in and one foot out of the door type mentality he's got he's got a coach in waiting but that guy is just i mean he might as well just sit there because Bayheim's. i think he got upset after the sanctions and his slowly the pain's worn off a little bit he's cool with the uh coaching again mike hopkins well, I, poor guy just sitting there waiting i i have a, i have a bad feeling that he's just kind of comfortable with mediocrity right now like you know what we'll we'll be five or six and in, in, in the acc i mean it's it's no big deal you know, you know he had a rough couple of years though not only was he sanctioned but a year or two after that he hit a guy in the middle of the interstate and oh, he wasn't he, he wasn't drunk the guy was out messing with his car in a dark clothes and he just clipped him you didn't see him until he got up on him and clipped him I think I'm and so right. like and, i don't know I'm, I'm wondering if maybe he's not being real with himself and that he's done but his he just can't come to terms with it that's what it feels well, like to me and, and we've talked about that with, with football coaches that there are some coaches that they don't know anything else mm, yeah. if they're not coaching if they're not breaking down film they don't know what do with their lives now those guys that retire and die that's so sad to me like paterno i mean paterno that's a different case but yeah. well he was forced to retire but still yeah, yeah. yeah but he died shortly after that whereas yeah. you you know you and i know he would continue coaching for a few more years i don't know what's worse paterno you know being forced to retire and then dying i think it was like five or six months later or literally dying on the field like urban meyer is going to do in jacksonville god damn adam I holy we shit about- we, we can talk about jacksonville's shitty decisions we you can talk what? about their horrible no. athletic talent you know what? i got some but you want to talk about their coach dying yeah he's been saying he wrote even wrote i got ammo for both this, of you why, because, this is why because, he avoids the group chat no that's not it because i'm actually <laughs> working for yourself but two you <laughs> bj need to be careful because your dallas cowboys is a pissy match away from not having a quarterback you might have to go after nathan peterman to play quarterback for you and then shit. AK. Y'all- 
Y'all are dumb enough to give me this first pickup. What? Y'all are dumb enough to give that first pickup. You know Jerry, what? Jerry's too smart for y'all. Okay. All right. All right. All right. We'll see. I guarantee you, if if the Cowboys don't make a deal for that, who else is who who else do is they going to get to play quarterback there? Do you know how I know Jerry's too smart for you? Because he bought a team in Dallas and not fucking Jacksonville. What? What is this? We didn't even have a team. But what? We, what? He bought a team what? Nineteen eighty six or something like that. 80, 80, 80, 89, something like that. Okay. Guess what? We still going to beat that ass this year though. And I'm willing to make a wager on it. Hold on. Oh, no, no, we're not going to play the Cowboys. Again. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, if we do, I'll Hold on, bullshit. We Hold are, on, bullshit. We will mm-hmm. beat the Cowboys' ass this year. No, we, we don't have to do that. We just see who's got the best record. You, you are what your record says you are. Yeah, but that's not fair. Like, you're in the NFC East, bro. Like, you guys could be like five yeah, and ten. You're in the AFC you South. You're awful confident. But, to be, our, I mean, but, but the AFC South teams play better than the NFC East teams. You can look at the records and see for yourself. For like no. two seasons. What has it been prior Don't matter. To? Don't matter. Yes. It don't does. Matter. You guys, don't you guys matter, have bro. such short memories. It's, you're don't like matter. Trump supporters. Your memory only serves you. Don't matter if it makes you right. Don't matter. And if somebody proves you wrong, y'all are going to like a. Hey, like my current. memory, my memory serves me right because I'm almost always right. Oh my god, <laughs> it's a, it's a wonder this guy's fucking married. How the hell do you stay married? How's the you know what? This motherfucker's doing this podcast from his bedroom right now. He's sitting on his bed right now. That's what he's doing. <laughs> Talking shit like that. I swear to God, if I ever see your wife again, we'll see how that goes. I'm going to ask her. I'll be like, hey, let me ask him. He always right? Excuse me? Yeah, I, I she'll tell you right you- now. <laughs> I've talked to enough wives in this life. She would tell you the honest truth. No. No, Hell no. Fuck Michigan fans. Yeah, speaking of Michigan, um, I mean, to be fair, AK, um, they are losing to Illinois. Yeah, Uh, so, I mean, and I I was getting getting to that. So, Michigan came off the the COVID hiatus (laughs) of of three weeks where they shut down the entire athletic program out of an abundance of caution before the players caught COVID. Came back, played Wisconsin, beat Wisconsin, beat, I want to say it was... Northwestern beat beat um, Ohio State beat Indiana beat Iowa plowing through teams hit Illinois and really tonight I think they're just eating their own dog shit I, I think they've seen a lot of the press and kind of it got to their head because they, they look awful um, but on the flip side you got a team like Baylor who took two weeks off because their players got infected with COVID and when they came back instead of you know being in condition they're like we've got to get back we've got to get back they look god awful against Iowa State and then they lost to Kansas basketball is tough man like yeah. you can work it's- out and play football but you cannot the only way to work out for basketball is to play basketball you can yeah. lift all the weights you can do all the calisthenics you can run all you want if you aren't doing that uh, 40 yard sprint and stop 40 yard sprint and stop like you just don't know what it is i've played very limited organizational basketball played a lot in the streets pick up games and stuff like that gyms dorian's played organized basketball man it's just a different situation i be- i firmly believe the best athletes are basketball players to the uh illinois michigan game um it seems that michigan doesn't have a answer for their center uh for the illinois center last name cockburn which is interesting yeah D- dickinson's is just having a horrible game Jeez, was what is this the doric burke extended special or something <laughs> <laughs> cockburn and dickens <laughs> <laughs> I was that poor lady her poor brain got stuck in a loop that shit is so hilarious <laughs> For, for, for anybody that's listening, please check out what Doris Burke said. Um, I think it was February 1st. There should be videos out there for that. It is hilarious. Oh, yeah. It, it's all over yeah, YouTube. It is, yeah. It made me giggle. <laughs> she just, that poor lady, she got stuck on a loop. Couldn't stop saying it. <laughs> there is. But um, what you say they care about the game? Uh, I was talking about um, Illinois Center. How they, yeah, they, it, yeah. Dickinson's just having a, having a horrible game. Now, I was catching 
parts of it. I was, I was trying to put my kids to bed and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, he's just having a bad game. And, you know, and it happens. The problem is, is the rest of the team's having a bad game, too. Livers, you know, can't shoot. Um, Austin just Austin Davis, last I saw, was a lady score over six points midway through the second half. So yeah. there, it's just one of those games where shit ha- shit's gone downhill and I mean, Illinois took advantage. And don't don't get me wrong, Illinois is a great team. There's a reason why they're number seven. And so I think I think a lot of the game today was Illinois kind of got to them and Michigan just they bought in their own hype because there, there were videos all over YouTube, um, all over the the stratosphere. You know, it was like, oh, Michigan can win the title this year. Oh, they're, they're, the offense is unstoppable. And you know, as college kids, sometimes you just kind of catch it and it gets to you. I I think they'll be fine. This will be a learning experience. I I'm interested to see how Jamon Howard handles the press conference. And and I say that because Drew over there in Baylor, he flat out blamed COVID for his team sucking against Iowa State and Kansas. He flat out said, "Hey, look, we you know coming off COVID, we we you know didn't have our legs under us and all this." And I I don't see Howard doing that. Um, I see him just going like, "Look, we sucked. We'll get better." But I think that's that'll be a testament to how he leads leads those those boys into the tournament. So, um, is it uh Michigan's in the uh, Big Ten? Um, Iowa's in the Big Ten as well, right? Yep. Would you say that Michigan has a shot coming out of the Big Ten uh, tournament as the overall uh, winner, or or who you see coming out of? The Honestly, the, the Big Ten is so top heavy. I'm the, the top four seeds. I mean, you've got Michigan, you got Ohio State, you got Iowa, and you got Illinois. You know, they're the top ten teams. I, do I think Michigan's got a chance of, of winning the tournament? Absolutely. Um, assuming they don't play like they do tonight, like they have tonight, it's it's going to come down to you know how well they they rebound. Yeah, they they've got a chance. It's Michigan, so they always kind of fuck it up somewhere. But I, I definitely <laughs> think they can do it. <laughs> it, it, it. Well, from from watching the game, them against Illinois, it seems as if right, right. Well, usually Dickinson is solid him going up against the likes of like Luca Garza uh you know well first off I, I think that'll be uh, a solid matchup but two Luca Garza it seems as if in the fourth quarter as the game progresses he gets better okay okay so l- let me ask you something mm-hmm. okay you played high school basketball right mm-hmm. okay how many quarters were in high school basketball four. four okay in the NBA how many quarters do they play in the NBA four. in the WNBA how many quarters do they play four. okay in women's college basketball how many quarters quarters do they play Four. in men's college basketball how many quarters do they play two halves what the fuck is wrong with this <laughs> why can't we figure this out <laughs> it's got something to do with, i bet you it's got something to do with advertising or something like there's something they are something financially they aren't letting go on yeah i mean it, it makes perfect it, sense to go for quarters it is the only sport where in college the timing is completely different yeah, and i, I understand like high school high school basketball the time of the quarters is different and then okay i i kind of get that just because you know the high school players may not have the same condition as the nba players but they don't go quarters halves quarters at any other sport <laughs> i like it their kids make them run i mean it's traditional Yes. I think that as the game progresses, I think eventually I can see them going to four quarters probably in the future because you got to think too. It's like, like when we talked about like a couple of episodes ago about like how back in the day, the Big East tournaments and the ACC tournaments, how the game was changing and things of that nature to where those halves were grind out games because the games were different to where you, you had a six eleven center who you fed the ball into and, and the file fouls and kicking out for three pointers, things of that nature. 
now in today's college game, it seems if it's more fast paced, more three pointers. And it's like, if you watch the two halves, like um, I forgot what game I, I was watching. I think it was uh, Kansas and Iowa State. They were like both halves, they were just chucking up three pointers, like dribble, 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 screen, three pointer, dribble, 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 screen, three pointer. And it seems if like, if it's going to be like that, I would rather see it four quarters than to just two halves of just like, okay, set a screen, shoot a three pointer, set a screen, shoot a three pointer. Well, and, and what's funny is we talk about how, <clears throat> you know, today's game, it's three pointer, three pointer, three pointer, and it's up and down, up and down, up and down. Yet I seem to remember a team about 30 years ago that was averaging 110, 115 points a game. One, one title probably should have won another. They didn't shoot that many threes. I mean, UNLV with Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogman, and they, yeah. that was a damn good team. They shot threes, not very many. They didn't need to. They need to. Exactly. It's like as soon as, uh, as soon as the ball came off the rim, there was a, you know, LJ was throwing an outlet pass to uh, Greg Anthony. And then from there, it goes to Stacey Ogman. He's either dunking on somebody or throwing up to their center. I can't think of his name. And he's uh, dunking it. So, yeah, I remember watching the game um, UNLV versus Lord Marymount. Mm -hmm. And I I still to this day think that if Hank Gathers was alive, Marymount would have won that game. Definitely. Uh, I mean, that, that was an emotional run that they had you know because of him mm-hmm. but i think that they are full strength first of all i think the scoreboard would have been like 180 to 170 but i think lord mm-hmm. Mellon would have won also too um if i can remember correctly um bo kimball was giving uh shooting the left-handed left-handed yeah he was he, he was giving the hell that game too so that would have been they would have definitely won i think so too so but i mean that, that's what kind of gets me we, we all talk about how how the game is changing how it's faster pace it's three and d yet if, if you go back and look at the old footage of the Showtime Lakers, of you know the the old school Bulls when when Jordan was really kind of coming into his own, when you know the Celtics in the '80s, even the college teams back then, you know the Michigans, the North Carolinas, the Kansases, the UNLVs, they were running up and down the court too. Mm-hmm. With by the way, let's not forget a longer shot clock, and they were scoring more than these teams are now. Mm-hmm. So is it is it a matter of the game has changed, or is it a matter of look these guys just aren't as talented as they used to be, or is it a combination of both or something else? Running offense is always more efficient than playing pickup basketball the game's going towards pickup basketball to get away from running offense yeah that is true that's true um i was watching uh i don't like watching basketball as much anymore yeah yeah it's not the same it's, it's I, definitely not the same i would like I, I i won't go to the y and watch pickup games it's not fun to me to watch two guys dominate the court when there's 10 people out there it's like there's so much inactivity because other people are just fighting for rebounds and standing around like it's i don't know and, so like, and was, why, why do we think why do you think that is i mean do you think it's just you know the, the game is sells tickets become... it leads it leads to high scoring and dunks because now you got threes and uh wide open spaces because nobody's really doing anything like it's just i don't know yeah. but it doesn't lead to more scoring because the the showtime lakers averaged more than the warriors did when when clay and, and Steph were doing their thing yeah also too uh, when it comes to showtime lakers they seem like they were well i not seen they were ahead of their time in the 80s especially how they got the ball out and kicked it out i think the showtime lakers set the the tone for the rest of the nba moving forward because if you take a Boston Celtic game let's say I, I was watching I think it was Boston Celtics versus the Philadelphia uh, 76 and that's when the Sixers had Dr. J Moses Malone things that nature when they would get an outlet it's like uh, let's say Kevin McHale get the rebound or Robert Parrish they'll kick it to Dennis Johnson he'll take it but for some reason instead of just shooting down the court he'll like look up and then he'll like see his options and and I get he's first he's looking for Bird to get the ball to Bird but when he came to the Showtime Lakers they were like whoever got the rebound you're gonna look and you're gonna go doesn't matter whether it's ac green grab a rebound he's turning ticking it out to either magic johnson 
or even James Worthy. There were times where James Worthy or Michael Cooper would get the ball, bring it down. They, but their mentality was, as soon as you get the rebound, just go. We'll figure it out, especially when Magic had well, the ball. I, I think you hit on it, okay? It's not, not so much get the ball and go, but get the ball and go, and you have options. Right. The point guards will distribute the ball and will have options. You get teams like now, like Brooklyn. You know, Brooklyn's a stacked team with Kyrie, KD, um, and Harden, but they don't want to give the ball up. I mean, you give the ball to KD, and you know, not the KD, you give the ball to Kyrie, and it sits there. You give the ball to Harden, you might as well just you know take take a seat on the bench. Yeah. You know, w- but with the Lakers and BJ, you're right. It was a team game. Everyone mm-hmm. contributed. And everyone wanted to contribute, and everyone wanted to participate and let others participate. That part is gone. Oh, I, yeah. I think that the last team that really did that was the Spurs. Yeah, it's, and, it's, and I used to like watching the Spurs as much as I complained about them. I like to watch yeah. it. Yeah, I did. Too. Yeah, the the Spurs were boring. Were boring from a drama standpoint because they didn't have drama. They didn't need it. But their their brand of basketball was beautiful. I mean that that ball never stopped moving. Yeah, but they're boring when, like a, they're boring like a machine though. Like yeah, it's boring, but it does its fucking job all day. You know what I mean? It, so eventually you you eventually begin to appreciate the machine because what would life be without it? You know what I mean? And now we're looking at what life is without it—a bunch of fucking random jump shots. So I ask you guys this: So what's the difference between the Duncan, Manu, and uh, Tony Parker Spurs and the Draymond, uh, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson uh, Warriors? Because again, that beautiful basketball is what people talked about, and they said the same thing about the the uh, the ability to dominate from half court down. The Warriors only dominate from half court half court to the free throw line. You see what I'm saying? There's no inside presence. The Spurs could dominate when they crossed half court. The Warriors are almost a non-factor under the free throw line. Not as far as being scared. Nobody's scared of them killing them with twos. Nobody's worried about them beating them up in the paint. You know what I mean? So that's my opinion. And and what was Parker's go-to move? What what, what was Parker's go-to play? It was to to slash and go around under the basket and try to find find somebody there. Bring your defender with them. The Warriors don't have that. Yeah, yeah, you've got stuff coming off screens, but he's not typically a dribble penetrator going back to Doris Burke earlier. Well, Steph is coming off screens to get him open. Tony's coming off screens to start the offense. That's the difference. Yeah. Like that's that's what we're missing is the offense stops when Steph touches the ball for the most right. part. Yeah, that's true. And then on top of that too, you got to look at it too with the Warriors. Outside of Steph, the only other person who bring the ball down is Draymond. Well, Clay can bring it down. Yeah. Well, when he's healthy. When he's healthy, sorry. Right. And then with the Spurs, I mean, you could have Manny bring the ball down, Tony Parker, even... Uh, uh, I remember when they had Boris Diaw. Boris Diaw would bring the ball. Yeah, Boris Diaw, Richard Jefferson, the whole lineup, yeah. pretty much. Right, dude. Exactly. When, when they when they beat the Heat in the in the finals, there was conversation that Boris Diaw should be the, should have been the MVP. I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past Tim Duncan yeah, bringing the ball. Right, right, he did. So I mean, and the the only reason why Ka- why Kawhi won it won it that year because he stopped LeBron. Yeah. But there was serious conversation about it going to Diaw because Diaw was practically averaging a triple double a night in that they're, series. They were running the offense through him there for a while. Yeah. Yeah, but the main difference between between the Spurs when when they were doing their thing and basketball now is that the Spurs had a point guard that was looking to pass first and score second. Exactly. Now it's I'm going to score first and if I can't find my shot, I'm going to pass second. And that's and why we all look mentality. at Chris. Paul, that's why we look at Chris Paul like a dinosaur now. Yeah, yeah. He's the la- he's one of the last guys left who runs offense. And everybody's like, "Oh, Chris is old. Chris is old. His game just looks old. He's got a few more years left in him." And, and, and outside of Chris Paul, there's why do you think Harden? What do you think really caused the Harden Paul setup or split up? Paul was a, a threat to the way James Harden plays offense. Like the no, 
when we grew up, a higher number of possessions or having a high number of possessions doesn't always guarantee a victory. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to explain it. Um, when you run when you run offense, you're burning up time. There's less possessions in the game. Everything becomes more crucial. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. You know right. what I'm saying? And like, you're not doing that anymore. And to, to back up your point too, when it came to James Harden playing with Chris Paul, Chris Paul, he that's been embedded to his mind to where, okay, I'm the point guard. We have a 24 second shot clock. I have to find the most efficient option to score. James Harden, he gets the ball. He's like, okay. Sun's offense. Yeah. Seven seconds. Get it up. Get yep. it up. Seven get seconds it up. Get it up. Yep. Seven yeah. Seconds and it's like, exactly. I don't know. That's It's fun to watch sometimes and it's fun when it's going against another style, but it's really shitty when you have two teams that are just jacking up shots. Yeah, well, and that, mean, that's the problem is when you got one style that dominates the league, and I don't mean dominates as like in they it. always win. One style that's pretty much every team runs, and not yeah. every team can run that style. I'm not yeah. a Nuggets fan, but I watch him because of joke. He's what I grew up watching. Yeah. A little yeah. more, honestly, he's a little more athletic. I think he's a better ball handler than some of the guys that we grew up watching. But um, as far as the passing, the rebounding, the getting the whole team involved, and like you can run offense through him. You could give him the ball in the post and let him make a decision off of how the defense reacts. That's adding this little nostalgic for me, I guess. Yeah, I mean, mm. I, I'd put Jokic up against Ewing, and one on one, I would, I would say, you know, Jokic would probably win. It'd be a hell of a the matchup to watch. Yeah, I bet you, I bet you David Robinson kicks his ass. Well, David that's Robinson's point. too athletic. Oh yeah, yeah. I bet you Keen will whip all three of them yeah. in order. In order. Yeah. 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 I don't think about touching Hakeem, man. Uh, but also, too, I wanted to mention that when we talk about um, like the, the the style of play and things of that nature, if you look like I was thinking we're talking about, you know, seven sections or less. The difference between the Suns and the Rockets, who were both coached by uh, D'Antoni, is that Steve Nash, his, his mindset when he had the ball was, okay, it's seven seconds or less. But again, those options, I'm going to look for the best option. With James Harden, he was like, I am the best option, and if I don't like my shot, then I'll pass it. You know what I mean? Well, and sure. I think it he has to hate his shot. Yeah, yeah he not has to like it. And he, he's never just, seen a shot not, he doesn't like. Yeah, but I say not like it isn't <laughs> enough. <laughs> not like it will just make him think about it. <laughs> Damn, I got three people on me. Man, all right, here, Chris. Go uh, ahead. Fuck it. Whack. <laughs> but uh, honestly, I, I think the worst thing that happens to guys like him is hitting shot. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, you just feed the monster, don't you? Yeah. I've, I've yeah. seen it happen on the basketball court myself. Matter of fact, I've been that monster. <laughs> You're chasing you the dragon, like, you never catch the dragon. Yeah. yeah, you hit like three in a row, and you're like, you guys are going to get it now. You miss exactly. the next six. you like, <laughs> hey, I'm open. Hold on, let me just see this. Hold, Hold on, I got to see if the light's still on. <laughs> But there, there is a team now that resembles what we're used to. And it's a team in Utah. Utah. Yeah, I don't yeah. mind watching them either. I mean, yeah. Ingles is, is that kind of point guard that he, he'll look for everyone else. He's not a scorer at all. He, he looks like, you know, the, the dad bod god, uh, but that's <laughs> Jokic. But Gilbert is, you know, he he doesn't really care about scoring or not. He he gets his numbers. He gets his defensive numbers. And Mitchell's the score. Yeah, he is too. And, also and, and the, there's a reason why they're leading the West right now. Is it Mike yeah. Connolly out there or am I two years behind? No, he's hurt. I was going to see that. Yeah, he is. When he comes back, they're going to be a real problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, too, I like how uh, Jordan Clarkson is contributing for the Utah Jazz as well. I think I think he's he, in the conversation with six man in the year, right? He was always kind of underrated on teams where like he's asked to do too much. Yeah. And now that he can kind of settle in this position, come in and get his 25 minutes or whatever. Speaking about that to someone, I was saying that now that Jordan Clarkson doesn't yeah. have to play under LeBron's shadow or under Kobe's shadow, so it's kind yeah. of like he's on he's coming into his own well he was asked to be a sidekick for kobe and that just that's not his gig he's not right he's not a number two he's number Absolutely. six and he's a good number six a real good number six 
Could be like the next Lou Williams. He could hang around to be the sixth man of the year for his whole career. And like, I mean, how, how how long was Jermon Crawford at the sixth man? That he might sign a contract next season. I don't count him out. Didn't he sign with the Knicks or the um, the Nets brought him in? Who hasn't he signed the, with? The Nets brought him in a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I think they did. I think they did. I don't know. I don't know if they signed him, but they brought him in. So and, and there were some. How can you not like that people? guy? Yeah, he's yeah. He's and that's what I'm saying. There Rucker were some people that, that role that role just fits. Yeah. He made a career out of Rucker Park in the NBA, a watered down but, version, but pretty much is what he does. Yeah. He will and, embarrass and he, you. He, yeah, he doesn't need to play. 30 minutes a game. He doesn't need to get you 20, but he'll be, he'll, he'll get you consistently 10 or 15. He'll be that, that presence, you know, you need that consistency off the bench. And he's made a career out of it. And God knows, I think he's what made $200 million, if not more. The Nets signed him. Okay. He's, so there you go. He's New Jersey. Net. I love him. I've always loved Jamal Crawford. He just, he's one of the yeah, smooth, buckets. he's one of the smoothest guys in the NBA of the past 10, 15 years. He just get bucked. Like he's just, but, he's but just, he never, he, he never looks worried. He doesn't look stressed. Those guys make me nervous. If yeah. I can't rattle you anyway, if I can't poke you in your eye, cuss you out, talk about your sister, if there's nothing I can do to rattle you, I really don't want to play you because it's yeah, gonna be a long day. Exactly. Um, kind of like um, I was uh, there was I was watching uh, NBA.com, uh, the the network, whatever, and they were talking about Mitch Richmond and how Mitch Richmond was that player in the '90s that people like, damn, I gotta go against this strong ass motherfucker, man, because he was like, like they said, Mitch, they they call him Big Smooth because he never got rattled. Like he just he just score, and they said that anytime that Mitch Richmond had the ball in his hands like you he had a presence to where like I don't care if you're Jordan I don't care who you are guarding me I'm always gonna get mine and and he had like a calm presence about him and that's what I think about Jamal Crawford. Stock, Stockton had a quote that came out recently that kind of cleared me up on that whole uh looking at everybody like a god thing Stockton was like I never really looked at Jordan like that he's like I couldn't imagine how you'd play somebody if you looked at him like that right and I was like oh Okay, right. John. I like the way you said that. Right. But again, the the Jazz gave. I think the Jazz gave more of a defensive threat to Jordan than the other teams that he played in in the finals. Because I think uh, the last series they had, and I think they talked about it uh, a little bit on, on in the, the finals. Game. Yes, but I'd say the Knicks were tougher. I would say the first three Pete, the Knicks were tougher than the second three Pete, the Pacers were. And that's a good one. Both had the thing about it is both have both. Teams had individuals, multiple individuals they could throw at Jordan. Well, that, with the Knicks, everybody that and, were, that and they were built to clog the paint up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, Davis brothers, Rick Smith, and, well, not the day they call them Davis brothers. They weren't brothers. Antonio Davis and, and Dale, Dale Davis. Davis and Rick Smith. Rick Smith I know yeah. there's an, another guy I'm forgetting Dunking about. Dutchman. Yeah, he was cool. It wasn't. It wasn't the, the Knicks. The yep, Knicks, Jared Knicks, Jared Knicks had Knicks had Charles Smith and Patrick Charles Ewing. Oakley. Well, yeah, but Oakley was getting a little older at the time. But Charles Smith was six eleven, so they'd have six eleven. Charles Smith and seven foot one Patrick Ewing on the floor at the same time. And they had Mason. They had Mace. Yeah, he was nuts to the floor. And then you had John Starks, who was always getting, uh, you know, under Jordan's skin. I mean, they had multiple people to send. That Ron out. Harper on the backside of his career. Ron Harper. Um, was he? And and I don't know if it's nostalgia, if it's just whatever. But we look back at, at those series back in the, in the '90s with the Pacers versus the Bulls, the Knicks versus the Bulls, and we could probably recount every single game, everything that happened in those games. I. I can't tell you what happened in two years ago in the playoffs. I don't count last year because of the bubble that was there's weird. Not, there's not as much tension. These games no. used to be like soap operas for two hours. Like it was the, like after the first quarter, it was, a lot of these things would be like stress-filled things. Like these, the Knicks-Bulls games were amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Probably got me hooked on basketball, to be honest with you. 
absolutely. Because you knew something was going to happen. Either there was going to be a scuffle, there was going to be some type of tension. There was genuine dislike and the league was full of competitors. So people are saying they might not be as talented. You're right, because as things go along, people are going to develop and yada, yada, yada. So yes, they aren't as talented, but they were much more competitive as a group. And and, and do you think the the player movement now has kind of taken away from that just because, you know, back then players didn't really move, but now because they can, you don't really want to piss off who you could be moving to? No. Well, like, it's weird because, like, when you get to team up with your friends, it just messes the whole system. If Dorian and I were the bunch of guys in school, I'm pretty sure we would try to get the guys from Yalaha together to play the guys from Leesburg if we could. You see what I mean? Yeah. So you wind up you wind up clicking up. Yeah. Um, I think that's what we're seeing now, and I don't know if it's good for the game. I like oh, the old I can school. It's not good for the it's game. It's not good for the game because back then, Chuck and Michael Jordan were good friends, but they would cut each other's heart out in between those lines. Right. Well, and, and not only that, but you you could build up these rivalries. Again, we talked about it. Yes. You know, I, I still say the, the first three, the Knicks versus the Bulls, great basketball for years. The Pacers After were never the a problem second for the Bulls. Feet? The Pacers were an, or no. a problem for the Bulls for the first four or five years Michael Jordan had his team. And then all of a sudden they started drafting and acquiring people. They became yeah. a real they damn building problem the team. The they, did. they became a real damn yes. problem. A real yeah. threat to go the, the distance. I, that was fun. I mean, didn't they take them to the seven games? Uh, I think they t- I think uh, they took them to seven games uh, at least once, maybe twice. Just came back from from retirement. Was it that year? No, no that that year they they ran rug shot through everyone. The 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 year that they went seventy two and ten, they just they destroyed everyone because that, that was the year they they placed. Yeah, that was ninety seven. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I think the the lack of competitive fire in the NBA comes from AAU, and I'll tell you how. So let's say for instance, back when I played AAU, it was regional. Like okay, all your best players you. You played in the, like the Florida region or Southeast region. You guys stayed there. Now you have the top AAU talent from California, from York, Florida, Texas, and they're all combining on one team on multiple teams. So like, oh yeah, that's my bro. Oh yeah, that's my homie. So then when they uh, they go to college and they pick the same colleges to go to some, they go to college, they play together, they go to NBA, they're like, oh, oh yeah, dude, what's up, what's up? So it's more like a brotherhood now. Back in the day, it was a lot different. It was like, okay, if you're the best AAU player in the state of Florida, you're going to galvanize with folks from Florida. We're going to get the best from Florida and you're going to stay there and you're going to play against the best team in North Carolina, play against the best team in California. But now it's different. Now you can have the best player in Florida and he's going to play for the Compton Magic, you know, and vice versa. So I, I, th- I think that has a lot to do with it as well. I, I don't like the AAU because, correct me if I'm wrong, because you would know you went through it you know, a lot better than I did. You know, don't they play like multiple games in one day? So like yeah. the same team can play multiple games in one day? Super Win or lose? Against- cartilage and growth plates as a young man i'm sure well i'm sure but win or lose you're still playing and it it takes away some of the victory have i don't really need to win this game because i've got another game or two or three after this and from an early age it kind of takes away that competitive spirit because i know when we would play if you lost you may not play again for another two or three hours hell no right you might have to go to the weight room and lift and lift weights before you get back on the court the yeah, I mean, exactly. When I played AU, I remember we played four games in one day. We played, uh, we we won the first two, and then we lost the third one, and then we had to play in, in, in a consolation game. But a lot of that has to do with the bigger the tournament. Nowadays, I've heard of individuals play, like, cause we, okay, when I played, we played four games in one day, uh, and that was it. Now, you have AU teams that play four games 
on consecutive days. So they'll play, okay, four games on a Friday, and they'll play three games on a Saturday, and they'll play another two on Sunday or three yeah. on Sunday, and then, you know. It's kind of like a catch-22 for the kid, though, because, like, for the kid, he's getting exposed. People are looking oh, at yeah. him. People are seeing him. So at 18, 17, 16, he's probably thinking, great, but I just don't see how that's good on your body. But it then, I, I mean, cool. who's to say if, if he didn't play that day, he wouldn't go home and go to the park anyways? Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, they're and kids. Plus all the sponsors. It's their kids, yeah. And plus all the sponsors who sponsors uh, AAU, look like you have your Under Armors and your Nikes and stuff. They set, they help set the tournaments up to where I want the next Zion Williamson. I want this guy to play as many games as possible because not only we're watching him, um, we're we're um, now you starting to see a lot more AAU games being televised. So TV contracts involved. Hey, while so we're they, talking, while we're talking about kids in basketball, can we say congratulations to Leesburg for going to the state playoffs again? Absolutely. Hey, big, baby. <laughs> you guys uh, back in lakeland again yeah speaking of that we uh me and some of the uh older old heads who played yeah old heads and we were like damn like why couldn't we go to state because y'all were garbage huh y'all were no, garbage <laughs> you know who we had do you know the people we had to go through go to greg, greg Britton and all those guys and I'm talking all those about, cats at Mount Dora. You got to go for it. Like, if you talk about regionals, like when I was in school, like, like you had the Udonis Haslam, which he was a beast in high school. I'm talking about yeah. like a beast in high school. You had uh, the guy from Tampa. He played for Duke. He he sucked at Duke, but he was amazing. Uh, Johnson? No, um, Casey something. Uh, I can't think of him. He was the backup center to Carlos Boozer. Back in 1999, 2000. Uh, well, Casey hell, Sanders. when when we were freshmen okay, in high yeah, school, Vince Curtis was doing a thing over in Ta- over in Daytona. Yep. Did they play a playoff game in in Leesburg's gym? Um. Yeah, he did. Uh, Vince Carter. My freshman year. Yeah. Ninety five. Five. I think it was ninety five, and he dropped like I think if I don't mistake, he dropped like thirty in the first half, and he didn't. He hardly played played the rest of the game. He didn't need to. Yeah, he didn't need to. Like he dropped uh like thirty that game. But I think that we played a lot of we played a lot of players. It, it, it's just the game was different. Like I was I, I was watching the game with Leesburg played um, Rockledge to go to the state, and it was. Like it wasn't a lot of play calling. And again, I'm not calling the coach out. It was just like all I saw was get the ball, set a screen, and then figure it out from there. When we played, we had Coach Todd, like we ran plays like most, <laughs> like get the best yeah, you did. shot. You know what I'm saying? And it was like if I he would tell us, I need to see the ball move at least four times for me to be satisfied. If I if I if I get it on one and done, I'm pulling your ass out. So even when we think we're open, we're like, okay, let me just pass it. So he don't take me out the game and go and do a back screen. You know what I'm saying? So do you think a little of that was too much, but th- too much control? In your opinion, yeah, it was, but who's gonna tell? You, but he's been successful at it. Who's gonna tell him he's wrong? Oh, no, I'm just uh, saying, okay. I'm I, just I, I, I gotta be bottled to that, so I, I, I got something to that. Bo Ryan, you got you know who Bo Ryan is? Bo Wisconsin, head coach, yeah, was coach of Wisconsin. Coach. He was he was exactly like that. He was micromanaged the offense, ball's gotta move, you know, gotta be very methodical on offense. How many championships did Bo Ryan win? Donuts, none. Zero. He got there though. Now he was shooters. <laughs> he always got, they shoot. always they were always there. <laughs> but there there is a line was okay, guys. If you're open, shoot it. Yeah. And I don't want to turn always this have a performance them, you know, art thing. Yeah, yeah. Like let's get it. Let's get yeah, something I mean, in the basket it, here, folks. Yeah, uh, I mean it, right. it's one thing to to move the ball and and try to find the open shot. If you're open and you know shot clock's at thirty seconds, shoot the damn ball. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, now they're going like, to give it to you. You got to take it. Yeah. I mean, Leesburg, yeah. 
back in the day, we had some snipers like from Colt McDowell. Right, but how many times y'all go to the playoffs? Huh? How many times y'all go to the playoffs under Coach Todd? We went to the playoffs every year. He was there. Now, ask the question, how many times we went to the to, to state finals? We didn't make it. I mean, I mean, part of the state coaching. Do you think if he cut you think if he cut the leash off you a little bit, you'd be able to Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I, so he was successful enough to keep his job and do what he wanted, but he wasn't successful enough which to Which is all guys. that matters uh, to these guys. He wasn't successful to get you guys where you are. So he was good enough to keep his little extra $600 a month for basketball season, but he wasn't good enough to get you. So that's the shit that bugs me. Because he already had you programmed to say that he was successful. You just discarded the fact that he should change his offense or anything. That's true. I mean, okay, so so, so I'll say this. If it worked in the 70s, doesn't mean it still works. Right, right, exactly. The, the thing about it is, we, I think, as time, the the more years that Coach Todd was there, the more he allowed the the leash to be untightened. Like I give you an example, when he first took over for. For, for head coach, you could tell the offense w- was geared around two or three players. Like, these players score, you rebound, and you do this. I, our senior year was the last year that he coached. He let go of the reins a lot because we had a different mentality of players. Like, you had Jed Bedford, Jason Currington. You had even, you know, Earl uh, Rachel, myself, Wayne Taylor, Justin Bennett. We're all like, hey, we're open. Coach, we're going to shoot it. So you just got to take us out. And then he was, and but the assistant coaches is what helped, you know, change his mentality. Like, um, like Chad Keller and uh, and Coach Rob Gordon, because they saw how the game was moving. And again, AAU played a lot to do, had a lot to do with it. Because at one point, Coach Todd didn't want us uh, playing AAU, but it was Coach Gordon and it was Chad Keller's. I know. You want them to play AAU. You want them to get that conditioning. And plus, you want them to develop year-round. But at one point, Coach Todd was telling players, hey, I don't know about this AAU stuff. But they were like, you can't stop us from playing AAU. Like, this is not you – know, In hindsight, stop. though, he's probably right. It's just a meat farm. But BJ, you're 100% right, though. The coaches will coach to get them what they need to do to be successful. Right. Who cares yeah. about player development? Who cares about them moving on? And it's not just high school. It's college, too. Yeah. And yeah. that's why when these players, they get to the NFL, they get to the NBA, and they're not prepared. Not properly prepared. No, that's that's why the best athlete plays quarterback until he's like 15, 16. Further than that. Because I just need victories. I just need victories. Yeah. And then you you get Lamar Jackson. That's true. true. You get Lamar Jackson. You get Dennis Dixon. You get Michael Vick. um, Michael Vick. You you get these guys that are phenomenally gifted athletically. Never taught And they can run past, but they're never taught to play the position. Nope. And it's no fault of their own. If if you don't have a teacher, you can't can't learn and if you're and gonna stick me back there damn it the- i'm gonna survive look <laughs> yeah i'll do what i'll do what i need to do and you know and and again it worked out for michael vick financially other things the, happened to him but financially it worked out biggest most painful case that i remember laying my eyes on was vince young it was like oh you oh. know nothing you know nothing yeah. Yeah. like if that first read isn't there you just take off mac brown it was tough to watch man. Disservice. He wasn't. Um. Well, he, I'm not gonna put that just on Mac. His high school coaches, like nobody taught him anything. Right. But think about it: is when when you're recruiting a player, that's the first question you ask the head coach. Hey, how is he reading defenses for you? Put me in the mind of Vince Young as far as him being able to read. He's good for. He's good for 50 touchdowns a year. Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. Right. And, and again, if you're yeah. Mac Brown, what do you care? And and, and, uh, and all seriousness, if you can bring him in and he can get you 50 touchdowns or 60 touchdowns total. And 
and you, you're winning games, what does it matter? He'll go 25, 25 with 13 interceptions. They'll be happy camp. 25 touchdowns, 25 passing, 25 rushing, and 13 interceptions. They'll be happy camp. All right. Yep. So I'll ask and, you guys this. So when it comes to like the NFL, like develop player development, like quarterback, uh, if, if you're talking to a parent that has a eight or nine year old son who wants to play quarterback, did you put it on, on the parent to get him the development he needs? Or would you just let it fall where they may hope the coach has what it takes to make All the parent can do is do his research and put him in the best program he can. Like, if Eustace's coaches work on fundamentals and teaching him how to do things like that, then you got to drive his ass out to Eustace and pay the extra fees for being an out-of-city resident. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, there's if that's your goal and your child really wants to play sports, yes, the parents in the early stages are going to have to make some sort of sacrifice to fix this, unless they're just financially able to throw dollars at it, which can answer a lot of other questions about why people end up on there. Well, and that's thing. I, mean, I don't want to treat my child like Stephen Runovich and put a football in his crib, you know, and tie his left arm behind his back. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to do what I need to do, but also be be realistic about what's going on. And as a parent, if my job is to get my, my child to a professional league, which, by the way, there is more to being a parent than just getting your, your child a, a million dollar contract, is I'm going to do what's best for them, whether that's we're assuming your child. A, we're assuming this is what your child wants to do. And we're assuming that yes. he showed some aptitude at it. That's what we're right. assuming in this conversation. Absolutely. We're so, not we're not assuming they're my children who have been yes. blessed with my lack of grace. So that's a <laughs> whole different conversation or all three of our stellar eyesight yeah right <laughs> <laughs> but i mean if the child is athletically gifted and yeah. it shows promise it is my responsibility as their mentor because as a parent we, parent, we are also mentors it is my responsibility yes. as a mentor to get them what they need to be successful professionally whatever that profession is whether that's sports whether that's you know software development whether that's construction. If right. they show an aptitude for it, it is my job as a mentor to make sure that they can progress professionally for it. And what's funny, it's exponentially more expensive to train a quarterback than it is any other fucking position. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because Everybody there's more to it. Slam, slam into that guy or avoid slamming into that guy. Yeah. And then this guy has got to learn all this stuff at a young age. He's got to be able to process it and then progress. And so that's why I think you see a lot of white quarterbacks. And that's why I see, think you see a lot of undereducated in the football sense undereducated black quarterbacks who wind up running the football more because they haven't been trained properly and people just go off of what they can do with their feet and survive and it's just not and and again it's it's not their fault it's not their fault that that their families can't afford five thousand dollars a summer to put you know professional tutors it's it's not their fault we we have to figure this out yeah absolutely i did everybody just the thing is is like the football is so tricky because just because a kid can throw 80 yards doesn't mean is a good quarterback. Right. Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, I mean, Jamarcus Mel- Russell could, could sh- Melvin could Ingram's a linebacker. Yards. Yeah, Melvin Ingram's a linebacker for the San Diego Chargers. He's got the best arm in the league. Yeah. I think he can throw ninety yards on a knee. Oh, dang. Yeah, you can look it up. It's crazy. It is crazy. But he, so, like, he, there's more to it than just physical they, ability. Yeah, like right. there's so many, there's so many different things to it. So you need to get if you're trying to build a quarterback, you got to get him in there early, and you got to start educating him early with these concepts if that's right. what you want to do. Yeah, and and like Adam said, that's fucking expensive. Right. That's probably I would be surprised if that's not a thousand dollars a month right. oh easily yeah I'm, I'm talking i'm talking a lake county co- quarterback coach i'm talking right. i'm not even talking about going to orlando tampa gainesville anywhere that has like a football i'm just talking about here right. um and you get what you pay for by the way yeah <laughs> but, but like, i mean 
a thousand dollars a month is not i don't think that's remotely far-fetched no you're right yeah for, go ahead dorian no 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 i was saying um bj hit it on nail when he said that it's all about the program so if you do a survey you wonder why or you say okay how come leesburg high school football is always subpar but you got seminole high school who they're always going to state like you got seminole high school apopka things of nature yes they're in a bigger area but yes well, so that's the talent pool thing yeah talent pool and their coaches are solid as well a lot of those coaches that coach coaches go where behind. the talent is right they go where the talent but that, but is but we don't have, we don't have offensive okay. linemen we got receivers we got running backs we could send our athletes to other high schools and they would be great but i i can't think of any time where we've had a consistent offensive or defensive line but like 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 here in orlando even even in the suburbs lake brantley high school is almost always competing for the regions regionals and state yeah. but what kaiva high school down the street it's literally a 10 mile radius sucks yeah. so it can't be the talent pool thing because it's the same kids no, it's the same they, neighborhoods they might not be able to attract the same coaches though and if you're if you're within driving distance of a school i've seen it with um taurus carter mm-hmm. he was from eustace but something happened to eustace and he want he came and played leesburg thankfully so or did it go the other way around did he go to eustace from leesburg um he Remember? went to uh no no um no he, he left eustace and came to yeah uh, and, leesburg and was a shining star in our backfield I must yeah. say, when he was there, he was fun to watch. Torres was um, an all-around solid well, athlete. Even what, he, he was solid in basketball too. But what I'm saying is, Adam, you were speaking to the mentor thing. Is if it's my job to get this kid in the best situation, if I got to get up and take him to school two extra miles every day to put him at Lake Brantley to win football games, I'm going to do it. Fair enough. It's a couple um, miles. Like yeah. honestly, if your son grew up, showed some aptitude, and showed some uh, gumption to play football, which was improving, you drive him from Leesburg to Eustis every morning. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and see, yeah. and here's the difference, though. I have the opportunity to, to do that because with my with my job, I have the opportunity to say, OK, you look, I need to be 30 minutes late every day because I've got to take my child to a different school. Not everyone has that same opportunity, no. unfortunately. Or they got to put a 16 year old on the city bus and send them across the county or something. And yes, it's not fair. And no, there was not an easy fix, but that's that's just life. Well, I always wanted to, if I ever came into a decent amount of money, I always want to start like a thing in Lake County. It'd be like a boys and girls club, but it'd be basically just for high school and middle school athletes, like people that were actually on teams where they could come and study and stay somewhere till seven, eight o'clock at night, lift weights, work out, maybe play some basketball, do some cross training, anything they wanted to do but it's just like a boys and girls club but it wasn't just for anybody it'd be with the intention of getting the athletes out of the county there'd be tutors there people to actually teachers that would be paid to work after school to sit there and get these kids through this yeah, and, cool. and, and, uh, and it's not uh, not just learning the the athletic side, but also the academic side as well. We've talked about that you know, previously. You know, I don't you care know. if they learn the academic side, but they need to learn the personal finance side. I don't. Um, I really don't yes. care. I, after being an adult for twenty something years now, I don't care if you learn the academic side. There's a lot of shitty people that are smart. So like, you don't have to be smart, but you need to have to learn how to control your money and get through the rest of your life. So as far as like life skills and that, that's definitely what needs to be taught. And and, and that's what I'm referring to. I mean, you know, essentially just home ec constantly while they're with you know cooking cleaning taking care of your your, your checkbook all of all, all of the life skill stuff that should still be taught in school had it not be for budget filling cuts. out applications you know, give the give these checkbook opportunity. stuff yeah yeah because do you realize there's a school here in Seminole County where third graders 
go through a program. Here's how you fill out an application for a job. Here's some interview questions. They do mock interviews for third graders. You know how unintimidated they'll be when it finally happens because it's, exactly. yep. it's been a part of their life for so long. Yep. And I think that's what scares the establishment more than anything is letting these little children of uh, unfortunate circumstances be comfortable with that process. Because then you're going to have a lot more people that are going to be more comfortable asking for money too. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that's a whole, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. But, yeah. but you know, and to Dorian's point from, from a little while ago, that's the whole point of the Rooney Rule was to allow people who don't normally have the opportunity to have that opportunity and learn and, and determine those questions, interview questions. Now it's turned into tokenism and all that kind of bullshit, but that was the point of the Rooney Rule. And Mike Tomlin, by the way, needs to shut the fuck up because what he what said... It, but see, that okay. could have all been dealt with with a memo instead of doing like a ceremonious rule thing that gets shit on every year. So yeah. like, you know, they, they could have, they should have dealt with this in like um owner meeting. Like, look guys, there's not the same playing field for these guys i need to see more interviews or you're going to force me to put legislation into the constitution of the league that's going to change this you know what i mean and i just don't i don't like these ceremonial rules yeah. because it's, I don't, it's embarrassing to the cause is what it is. i don't like anything that's done just to say we did it that no, it, that's what bothers me whether it's the it's patronizing. or not it's patronizing yeah. to black coaches is what it and means. so and, and during to your question really what what did tomlin do tomlin went on I, th- I think it was a radio show recently talking about how the rooting rule is not working how it's an embarrassment that the nfl is not hiring people of color for coaches and you know they need to hire them from more assistant coaches and i, I started looking at his history he doesn't no, have a single like person it. of color no, on his assistant say, coach <laughs> all of his offensive coordinators has been white as long as i can remember yeah um, so it's like okay dude no, shut are up we, are we talking about a steven here <laughs> <laughs> no you know what too okay i'm gonna say something i was with him the way you were going though like it is an embarrassment the rule oh, yeah right it's an absolute embarrassment but, but if you're gonna you, be if you're gonna be upset about it do something about it yeah, don't maybe, just complain about it maybe bruce arians would have had a better leg to stand on having that conversation than Mike Tomlin, to be honest. Yes, exactly. Well, okay, okay. I'm, I'm going to put y'all in the mindset of a black coach because I had a black coach who shared this with me. If you're a black head coach, it's kind of it's kind of like an unwritten rule to where like, hey, if you're a black head coach, you want to get some white coaches under your belt. And the reason why a lot of them have that mentality, I'm pretty sure this is the same thing with Mike Tomlin is because if you have if you have white assistant coaches and you're a black head coach, if something goes awry, they're more lean Again, this is what was told to me from a black coach. It seems as if they're more lenient if you have white assistant coaches and it's going to take them longer to fire you than if you have like more black coaches. No. Get rid of you. I, I is, feel, I, 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 well, I'm going to tell you, your, your, your man's wrong. I'm going to tell you why. And I might not be the guy that should be saying this. Your man's wrong. If I were him, I'd put somebody considered to be more black than me in the positions under me because there's no chance they're going to fire me now. So someone that's more... Um, I don't know how to say BJ, it. BJ, watch yourself. Watch, already, watch for your I'm kids. Already, the ropes are on my neck. I'm already swinging. I already did. <laughs> no. I think I see. I think I, I can say where, where you're going with it. But you know no, what I mean? I put someone who's maybe just not as uh, proper as I was. Somebody that might scare him a little bit. Well, see, and here's the thing is I, I agree with Dorian. I agree with what the coach is saying, but it shouldn't be all the time. But right. you don't think, I know, but you don't think it'd be easier for to fire him to get to the white guy? Right. But like, that's the way I look at it. Right. Oh, yes. Like, but, uh, as soon as you fuck up, I'm gonna put Chester over here in charge. So okay, so so the coach I was speaking to, he he was coming from a high school level. I think from a professional standpoint, you you're right. It's like okay, that's like let's say if Mike Tomlin had Cliff Kingsbury as his offensive coordinator. 
rest assured, he probably would have been fired a long time ago. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, yeah, like, so, so from a professional standpoint, I don't think that's the case. I can understand like high school football. I can I, I can understand this coming from, but from a professional standpoint, yeah, like you said, like it's but I, what, as you can see, it doesn't matter if you got. White what's the difference between high school black. and mm-hmm. NFL? Like, what's the difference between the mindset the high school and the NFL, though? Money. I feel, but I, I feel like in the high school though, there's they're quicker to kick you out if they're trying to get somewhere. Right, but think about it. In high school, they usually okay. Let's say if you have a head coach, like okay, okay. Let's say if you're a black head coach, right? And let's say your team's not doing well in high school they not only get rid of you who else did you hire yeah just yeah, get rid of the whole shebang down high school yeah. and 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 like college you know somewhat in college but i know in the nfl if you're a head coach and you're not doing well they're going to get rid of you depending on who you are they may they may decide hey we're gonna get rid of you but we like the office of coordinator hey we're going to offer him the position to see if he wants it so well it's, see, and, and and here's the thing is in high school the investment in the coach is minimal yes yeah. it's you know comparatively speaking it's it's still a lot of money with within the budget but you can blow through coaches and That's no it. one's going to bat an eye especially if your team sucks in the nfl we you're signing these multi-million dollar contracts, multi-million dollar investments. If you fire a coach, you still have to pay him. So I think the Browns right now are still paying like three coaches because Excellent. they wow. they fired too many. They deserve yeah. that. What they they're yeah. paying kitchens, they're paying uh, and they're in okay. Chetensky, I think. Yes, it's just, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> they're like the Mets of the NFL. So there, there is less of a rush to fire a head coach in the NFL because of that investment. Now, the, if you suck horribly, they'll fire you or they just won't renew your contract. Right. So there, there is that that to consider. I also don't think that you should be, hey, look, I'm I'm a black head coach. You know, anybody who can see the video of this knows I'm not a black head coach, but <laughs> I'm a black head coach. I'm going to have the best coordinators on my team, whether white, black, Mexican, whatever. It's fine. Now, as as someone who's going, okay, look, we need to hire more blacks as assistant coaches, you have to look, what's my hiring history? Mm-hmm. You know, have have I, you know, have I done this? Yeah, and t- it also makes it their argument yeah it uh, makes the argument stronger hey we need to hire more look at we what we've done and we've been successful tom and chewing on a shoe just like i am right now <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure I, i'm sure he received a lot of texts from players and other coaches oh shana like, sharp called him out today oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> leave it to uncle shay shay yeah uncle shay shay to call him oh, shay, shay, say something <laughs> um, but I mean, but to, to, to the point though, of how, how do you fix the hiring practice of the, in the NFL? If the rooting rules not doing it. How do you fix it? And you fix it by you making you make programs and you make them open to everyone, white, black, Hispanic, whatever. But you, you say, okay, look, we are going to have a coaching convention. He, you know, all, everyone get together as assistant head coaches. Here's some of the questions that you're going to need as a head coach. Here's you some still, of the, You still can't make Jerry Jones hiring. No, yeah. you're not going to make them hire them but you're going to better prepare them again we go back you're to- still setting them up to those bullshit interviews what needs to stop with these bullshit interviews where they bring in jim caldwell for a 10 minute cup of coffee to hire jim harbaugh that's what needs to stop happening how are we going to fix that that's the problem is why do we bring jim harbaugh we, we just parade a couple black assistant coaches around for a month and then hire all the white guys we were going to hire anyways well, I, I think the problem is it goes back to who is doing the hiring. And, and again, it, this crossed all businesses. People who do the hiring like people that that 
like look like, look like them and yep. think like them. I mean, it's why Jeff Fisher had a job for so many years because he looked and think and thought just like his owner. It's just the way it was. Jeff Fisher is the prototypical personification of mediocrity. Right, but if I if I'm a football owner, my goal is to win games. And if he if no he, no 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 no, your goal is to make money. Yes, this is, why, this is why it's hard for me to watch some of these sports right now. <laughs> but I mean, and we we as fans I have, have no to keep that I have no mind. basketball team. We've talked about this. I have no yeah. basketball team. I but can't support my basketball team. We, we, we as fans, we, we lose this. We, we think, like DJ just said, that as an owner, you want to win games. Yes. But as a businessman who is an owner of a team, uh, of a business, my goal is to make as money, much money as possible. Well, well, and if I... Cool. Jerry made 3,200% investment on the Cowboys. Time for some Super Bowls, you fucker. <laughs> you, you, you he doesn't care. I, he doesn't well, care. He's about to care. The pitchforks are coming. Yeah. So, okay, BJ, honest question. Do you think that the Cowboys would be better off Steven taking over? I don't know. He does some like borderline stupid shit every once in a while. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like um these last 10 years, you can't say it's all Jerry. You know what I mean? Will McClay's been there. Will McClay does the uh, player personnel stuff. He was highly sought after and we got a hold of him. And then uh, Steven stepped in there and uh, basically forced him to dra- draft Zach Martin over Johnny Manziel, thank God. But like the Dak thing, is any sane person going to let this keep dragging out? Because now you're getting to disrespectful territory and uh, Dak doesn't need the Cowboys. You know what I mean? Like Dak doesn't need the Cowboys. He needs an NFL team. Somebody will sign Dak. Oh, there's 31 other teams. And, oh, and no. you know what's funny is if the Cowboys don't sign him to what he wants or something they can come to terms with, Dak's going to wind up taking less money to play somewhere else. I think about that. Even even if they franchise uh, tag him, because they're, they're talking about tagging him. I just, I don't think the league sees him as a $40 million quarterback. If he goes to a new team, you really think he's going to get money that he earned with the Cowboys? Does that make sense to you, Adam? Yeah. Like, yeah see, I, I would, okay. I would, I, I, what's the market for him? Who's going to come up with $40 well, million? Okay. So no one's going to come up with $40 million for a quarterback coming off a brutal leg injury. No. Now, Right now, yes, they could probably franchise tag him. That number is going to be astronomical. I want to say it's probably 33, 35, 30, somewhere in there. Yeah, it's up there, yeah. So if he signs it's that and chunk. plays way that he can, he'll go someplace, some, someplace else for $40 million easily. Um, to me, Dallas is stupid for not locking him up. I, I've said it before. They, 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 screwed, they screwed this up. They're slapping him in the face every day yeah. this goes on. And like now you got his family involved, like his brother's upset by it. Like, like what are, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Would we talk about it if this is Daryl Prescott? No, I'm like these are things I think about. We're dealing with Jerry Jones here. He's no, perfectly fine slinging eight thousand dollar energy bills at his customers. So, mm-hmm. like, what else is he capable of doing? I'm having a hard time being a Cowboys fan. So, so answer me this, BJ. So, I I know you heard the rumors about uh, Russell Wilson saying that the Cowboys is one of his destinations that he'll go to and play. Do you think they Jerry do, will entertain it? They do that at all. A lot of big free agents will throw the Cowboys name out there because it drives up their price because nobody wants them to go to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's a tactic. It's a tactic. And I'm not saying Russell wouldn't play for us or he's not interested in it. I'm not buying it, though, is what I'm saying. And I, I love Russell Wilson. I love his game. I've loved him ever since he left Wisconsin. I, I do not like the fact that, hey, I'm married to this woman. But here's a list of women that I would leave my current wife for. <laughs> it, it's just, well, it, it bugs we, me. We uh, Remember, the reports have come out that Russell didn't ask for a trade, not that Seattle wasn't looking to shop him. So Seattle could have gone to Russell as a 
courtesy for winning a Super Bowl and being there for X amount of years. I said, look, bud, we might need to part ways here. We're kind of shopping around the league. And then Russell said, well, okay, here's this team to which some douchebag leaked that list and now makes Russell look not as good, I would say. Yeah. yeah. But doesn't that, that hurt his trade value? Uh, abs- it hurts him. It, that's what I'm saying is whoever leaked that's a douche. Like, yeah. that's not cool. I firmly believe Seattle went to him and told him we're looking to shop you this offseason. It, and not just a, a, a douchey shitbag move, but it hurts the team because dysfunctional organization shit. Like, yeah. Now it looks like he wants out. Well, okay. Well, now I don't have to offer up as much. And why does he? Want and they're gonna. Why yeah. does? Why does a? Why does a possible Hall of Fame super winning quarterback I, want out? No. Why does JJ want want to play in Arizona? Money. Oh. Hey, I'm gonna tell you what. I'm proud of. I'm proud of JJ for breaking that news before anybody else did. He took the piss and vinegar right out of ESPN and that shit. When I saw that, I I was at work and I looked at my 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 coworker and I said, "Look, man." I said, "That's big." He goes, "Why?" I said, "You know how much money he just cost ESPN from not getting clicks on fucking internet." I said, "He broke that news. They're clicking on his Twitter page. They aren't clicking on ESPN." And now that they now that most people saw that he's with the Cardinals, nobody's gonna click on ESPN story. A high percentage of people aren't. Gonna. Yeah, all, all people are gonna do, they're gonna see the headline is how big was the contract was. Okay, I'm done. I don't need to read it anymore. Yeah, that yeah. shit warmed my heart. I was like, ooh, JJ, <laughs> way to take control of the narrative there, yeah. buddy. And, and the and the best part about that is it's not just the click of the article, it's the click on the video where you sell the ad in it. Hey, where's JJ Watt going? Hey, here's some trade rumors for JJ Watt. Yeah. Here's some places for JJ Watt to go. You take away that entire cottage industry that ESPN and Fox had and you control it. Yes. So I mean, because look, look at look at the Deshaun Watson thing from the same team. How much have they milked that again? Not just in written articles, but on on Sports Center, on Part of the Interruption, on I all just, other shows, I and, and also know. on the videos on their website. I want to sit next to Adam Schefter when he reads the tweet from JJ Watt, and then has to like bite the bullet and tweet himself the same exact thing. Yeah, a minute because you know you sent me those tweets in the group chat. They were a minute apart. Yeah. Oh yeah. Funny I, I did that for a reason. Like yeah. if I was if I was Schefter, I don't know if I'd have sent that second one. I might. Just let it ride. Be like JJ, you got me. <laughs> well, and, well, I, I sent I sent you the first one because Schefter was the one that was important, and, and I sent you the original because that, that's how I report news. Is I go back to the original source. I don't go through two or three layers of, when, of when hype and, said source and, me on it. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that, that that leads to my me to my question of just how dysfunctional is that Houston Texans organization? Pretty bad when you lose the top yeah. three players on your team in consecutive years. Yeah, yeah and, and not just do you lose them, but you lose them to teams that are just god yeah. awful. Yeah, it's not like the Packers, the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Giants, like they're out there in Arizona. Yeah. Like that that's the that's the NFL graveyard. That's where everybody that's all the old players go to die. I seem to remember another player that was washed up that left the state of Texas and went to Arizona. Oh. Hey, watch, watch who the fuck you call washed up. Watch the fuck you, at, least, at least we didn't run him into the ground. He had three more years left in Arizona. We were done with him. You took a man's soul. You took a man's soul. It is actually a noun to bury Sanders somebody now. It's to, ju- it's to juice them for everything they're worth and then send them off at the end of their career with nothing. Hey, he, he was the start of the Madden curse. Dang. Well, he's playing for y'all before Madden came out. You fucked him up before Madden did. <laughs> Don't forget, he, he was supposed to be the first player that was on the Madden cover. Up y'all until then, take, it was it was John Madden. Be taking shots at my Cowboys. <laughs> I'm gonna be taking shots to my Cowboys all day. Can't be doing this. I'm already having a tough yeah, time. I'm already having a tough time supporting my owner's team because he's like a piece of shit. But I think whatever's in Arkansas should stay in Arkansas from now on. <laughs> Just in case we have listeners from Arkansas, um, could be. We love you guys. <laughs> 
Shit, we're from Florida. They talk shit about us all the time. Like, really? Like, so if I talk shit about your state, I don't want to hear it. Like, all, all this Florida man, this Florida woman, this Florida, this Florida, that. That is true. They do talk shit. Stupid about ass it. governor, this. Trump lives here. Like, shut up. So if I pick on your state, just like eat a dick or something. <laughs> Well, tell me how you really feel. I do, no, right? it's frustrating though. Like it's always Florida something. Like we're idiots. I don't want to go to any other states because I don't want to tell them where I'm from. I still tell people I'm from New York, and they're like, "Well, you sound funny." <laughs> no, I. You know, when I tell them, Florida, they're like, "What part of Florida?" I'm like, "Like you really know? I'm from Central Florida. You should be oh, like Liberty okay. City." I know, right? <laughs> Overtown from Overtown. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember um, when we were in high school. People like, "Hey, where are you guys from?" Leesburg. Where's that? Oh, it's about an hour north of Orlando. Oh. Okay, because that's all they know. They know Mickey Mouse and SeaWorld. That's all they know. Yeah. Where are you from? Orlando. <laughs> Leave it at that. The swamps that surround Orlando are my hometown. That's yeah, right. So, but yeah, I mean, I, Deshaun Watson going to the Jets, to me, he's just throwing away his career. And I get that he just wants out. I, hell, I've been in a, in, a, in a loveless marriage that I had to get the hell out of, so I get it. But yeah, but you didn't go diving into another one. No, okay. <laughs> I went where someone first. wanted me. <laughs> Head first. Jeez, like a lawn dart. <laughs> <laughs> I love Deshaun Watson. I'm scared for what's going to happen to him now. Yeah, his career. Because is you're, you're at the mercy of the Texans. To be yeah. honest with you, yeah. they can trade you to bumfuck Egypt if they choose to get you to pack cigars for it. Also, which is probably better than being traded to the Jets. Yeah, I know. I'd I'd rather be in bumfuck Egypt. Probably nice. <laughs> Yeah, and also too, they're toying with him because they're telling the media we're not trading him. But yet they're going yeah, around are. and say, "Hey, you know, yeah, you are. He's open." Uh, the NFL Players Association is going to have to give the players some more power or fight for it or something. Because I'm so sick of seeing two of the best players of our generation or the more or one of the newer generation, uh, Le'Veon Bell and Sean Watson, probably waste a year of their career because they play for shitty teams or have no. problems. With the, the was was it was it the NFL PA or was it the NBA PA that basically said, "Hey, y'all collude. Players oh. get together." And, and uh, that's gotta was, be the um, NBA. No, it was the um, NFLPA. Denora Smith actually said it in a meeting. It was like, hey, players, your agents collude as much as you want because the owners are doing it. That's what he said. Yeah, they're basically when the, the owners are trying to fuck you, so do whatever you fuck, want. Fuck them back. That's what I'm talking about. That's the American spirit. I'm getting fucked. Well, fuck them too. <laughs> exactly. Fuck you too. I'll be fucking out here in a minute. <laughs> exactly. There's some with Vaseline and some not, but yeah. <laughs> But but, I tell you what, yeah, I mean, uh, I tell you what, those billionaires can take it. <laughs> they can take it, boy. You can't fuck them enough. <laughs> oh, I thought of uh, yeah, I, I saw a stat, <laughs> something like this. If if Jerry Jones paid for the mortgages of everyone in the city of Dallas, his net worth would go down like ten percent. Wow. See, look, no, we can't do this. We lost the podcast because this. We lost the podcast because this. We lost the whole podcast. <laughs> It's 10.30. This seems like a good spot. <laughs> you know, it, it, every show mm. at around 10.30, mm. when BJ takes off the rails. No, nah, like, because... No, nah, that's a sensitive subject right there. Billionaires. <laughs> billionaires. Mm, billionaires. Yeah. Mm. Oh, man. Mm. Uh, kids, here's your homework for the day. Google what the corp- the highest tax bracket was. What were they taxed at after World War II? That's your, that's your homework for the day. Enjoy that shit. <laughs> 91 fucking percent. Yeah, and 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 corollary to that, look how much you know, additional revenue we had when they did that. So uh, I'm pretty much, sure that's how we, we built everything we use now. Yeah, and the had interstate system, dams, hydroelectric programs, bridges—they're all need to repair for some reason. Seems like maybe we should go back to something. Oh, maybe. So. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway. Hey, when we were born, it was 72%. So long ago, way back in the way back in the super history. Many moons ago. <laughs> well, yeah, many, but, many but, moons ago. <laughs> Speaking oh. of billionaires, I, I know that the guy that owns the San Diego Padres is a gazillionaire. And, Adam's you know, asking for it. <laughs> I just want money. I just I want, I want my mortgage paid off. I, again, I just want a job That's where it. they pay off my mortgage. That's it. That'd be great. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the Padres, they, they actually look good this year, which I think the last time they were actually good was when we were in high school. Tony Gwynn, when Tony Gwynn was there, Padre. Yep. What is a Padre? A father. father. San Diego Fathers. Do they have a Do they yeah. have a sports team somewhere? Oh, y'all are talking about baseball. I forgot. Right. <laughs> I was trying to not get us canceled. I knew, right? Hey, you know, I was ready to end it. Out there. Hey, I will. I'll just just pull the plug. I'll snatch the wire out of the wall right now. <laughs> the whole camera. I'll end it. Um, real quick. Uh, not to shift uh, subject for a moment, but That's I've been hearing a lot of people talking about Mac Jones from Alabama and how. They're saying that he has simil- similarities to Tom Brady. Did you guys see that? <laughs> yeah, because he's white. <laughs> but they're comparing him to Tom Brady. He's like, yeah, he has. He's very Tom Brady esque when it comes there's, to making the huddle. There is nothing more subpar than a bored sports sports media. It's fucking terrible. They make shit up out of nothing. Like, I'm so glad I, I wanted to pursue that job coming out of high school. I'm so glad I did because I would just probably chase my tail for half the year. Will he? Won't he? Is he? Is he gonna? Like, you don't know. We don't know. Like, you don't know till he says something to you. Just quit guessing. Like, just take a break, man. You don't have to work at all 12 months. You get paid. And it was, it really came to light during the Brett Favre retirement stuff where Literally, they would go, well, he can make the announcement as early that as today shit. or as late as next week. That was, like, shit was so entertaining stop. to me. It was so entertaining <laughs> to me because Brett's just sitting here like drinking coffee and shit and the whole world's going fucking nuts. Like, I would just love to have been sitting next to Brett while he's just watching TV doing what he does every day and the whole world's like, oh my God, ESPN, CNN, Fox, all these stations just, is he gonna, is he not gonna, where's he going? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it was so entertaining to me to watch them. I, I, I just, just want to know like, what would happen if, what would happen if like you took Tim Tebow, put him in Brett with Brett Favre and Mike Michael Vick all in the same room? Like would like ESPN just explode? Mm. Um, mm. That'll be interesting. Mm. <laughs> I, th- I think of the three, I think I think Tebow Christ would get all of the uh, media attention because yeah, it was like the Trinity of interceptions right there. <laughs> Oh man, you hit him out of the nail. Speaking of Tim Tebow, so um, I think it was Skip and Shannon, and they were talking about um, like like playoff quarterbacks, right? And I know BJ, I know what you're gonna say, but Skip Bayless said that if just stop you- right there, <laughs> your arguments are useless. Just stop. That's that's the most useless Cowboys fan around. And I know some shitty no, Cowboys. No, that's Will Kane. Will Kane's mostly useless. Yeah, exactly. But he was skipping the shit out of me. <laughs> he was saying that statistically, if you look at like uh like game like not game winning, but like uh most important plays in a playoff game that Tim Tebow ranked in the top five. And I'm like, maybe there's a different game that he saw that I didn't see, but have you so- ever heard of the phrase shot your wand? <laughs> He just the whole the whole thing at once. There's there was nothing left, and he's been subpar ever since that exact moment. Well, see, and, and that's the thing. Look, oh, that man. was important to that game. Yes, he threw a 15 yard pass that the receiver took the that? rest of the way. What happened after that? Nothing. I think that I think they lost by like 20 points the next game, and, and never again. Well, yeah, a football is not a baseball. You can't pitch it. You have yeah. to throw it. Yeah. And he has one of the weirdest herky jerky bullshit ass throw motions I've ever seen in my life. Which it's a goes, thing. Which could be another example of our 
bullshit ass coaching we yes. were talking about earlier. Yes, right. that should right. that should have been. He, they should have right. kicked that. They should have pulled that out of him at eight years old. No, yeah. buddy, yep. you're gonna tear your shoulder up like that. We can't do that. But he's always been bigger and stronger than everyone. So they were like, no, exactly. What the fuck do I care? That's, yeah, that's the problem with youth football, youth sports right. in general, but youth football particularly is mm-hmm. nobody's being prepared for their future. They're being prepared. What can you do for me right this minute? Nobody and, cares about your fucking little legacy being a Leesburg City football coach. Nobody gives a fuck. You cut hair for a living. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and how is that different than 90% of the other businesses in the in the country? I know. It's just, it's terrible. But what bugs me is that these guys specifically deal with children. If you want to fuck up adults when they choose to apply at your business, fine. We're all stupid. We decide, we voluntarily went there and applied at your shitty job and you're going to toy with us. We get it. You guys are fucking up kids just because you want to be a legend in Eustace. Like, stop. Stop. Do your fucking job and try to improve. Maybe you don't win, but maybe you just pumped out three college athletes. You sure. know what I mean? Maybe maybe this kid's not ready, but you might have implanted the information he needs to move on down his path. Like, I just see it. Nuts. And see, and here's here's the thing. So everyone's focused on the short game. Um, I need to win this season. I need to win this game. But going back to your point, if I can take three or four recruits every single year and get them into D1 schools, get them scholarships into the D1 schools consistently, what's going to happen? I'm going to make more money. To my, people yes. are going to move. People will come from Tavares to go to your school. People will move from Eustis and Lady Lake. They will, sure. their kids will come to your school to play for you because you're doing, you're preparing them for their damn future. Yes. Right. Um, I've even heard rumors of individuals like uh, the villages, for example, individuals going to work at the villages so their kid can go to the charter school. Go to charter yeah. school. Yeah, and you can work at a McDonald's in the villages. Yeah. You can work at a McDonald's in the villages to get your kid in a charter school. It's a good school. I mean, if you can swallow Jesus whole. But hey, it's better than the other schools by a long shot. A and long and shot. that's the thing, you know, it, I can, it, it may not. I cannot do the mental fuckery being around those people as long as you teach them how to get to college (laughs) and and again the the whole point of school the whole point of an education is not to just get a job so you can make money it is to be successful in whatever career you want to be in whether that's teacher football player basketball player engineer it doesn't matter you know the entire point of your education is so that you are prepared to be a functioning adult too much wasted talent out here i tell you yeah and it, it, it just goes back to the coaching. So, so like, I'll, I'll tell you a story. So it was, I think my junior, it was my sophomore junior year and, and I was playing JV, but I would move up to varsity and JV depending on the game and things that nature. And, and I remember doing practice. I remember uh, coach Keller was our coach and coach Keller was like, and, and he was brutally, I, I think it was the first time we actually had a coach who was brutally honest with us. He was like, he said, he said, guys, he said, I'm going to be honest with you. You guys are a great team. Enjoy the moment now he said because to be honest he said a lot of you guys are not going to make d1 he said we have guys who are six foot playing center you guys are not going d1 like he was brutally honest he was like you we're not i appreciate that more than selling me dreams and shit right exactly yeah and i think i think that that realization on top of good coaching can at least like we said before bj can propel us to be solid d3 guys solid that's what i understand it's like why has it got to be division one we can get you to d2 they still give out scholarships you can still get an education and there's hundreds of those schools across the nation so like the the key isn't to make you a basketball celebrity it's to make the back half of your life better period absolutely so if if i get you d2 school get your degree meet your wife at that school do whatever hey i did my job right yeah again bj to your point my goal as as a mentor 
is to give you a better life. And for most kids in Lake County, that better life is not in Lake County. Right. But it also means you're going to have to sacrifice a small part of yours, even if you're only in this child's life for a coaching time frame and not a parent time frame. You're going to have to sacrifice a little bit of yourself to help him out. So you might not win 10 games this year, but you're going to win next year because you built a solid program of kids that know what to do in next year. <laughs> and, and to that point, I mean, if if your players buy into you, like as a football coach, if they're buying in, yeah, you might go nine and one or eight and two this year. But you know what? The, the players that bought in la- last year, bought in this year, bought in last year. And those players will help other players buy they in. They don't understand. That's the best coaching system. It's better than any offensive coordinator. It's better than any defensive coordinator. When somebody your age or older than you is looking at you, telling you, quit fucking up. You know how to do this. Do it this way. Let's get it to going. I mean, that's more pressure than an adult. These kids are more likely to tell these adults to screw off in their head than a peer. I might have to fight well, and, that dude. And that goes back to why the one and done is, is horrible for college basketball. And it's not the NCAA. Double fault is you don't have that in college basketball nowadays. Is because these players are coming in, they're having a cup of coffee and they're leaving. They're yeah. not staying. They're not being. You know, I don't want to say loyal to the program, but they're not buying into the system. Yeah, they're not be, bringing people into to the system. Let's be clear why you didn't use that phrase loyal to the program because uh, these kids owe the program absolutely nothing, not a fucking right, thing. Right. Those programs are built off their backs. Yep. We use that phrase a lot. What else is that referred to? Anyways, that's why we tried to end the show ten minutes ago. That shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I and that's the, I don't blame these kids that go to the transfer portal. You know, if you're not getting kids, playing time, I yeah. want more kids to do the Lamelo Ball route. Fuck you, I'm going overseas. And, I'm, I'm going to get paid to practice, and I'm going to come back and be better than Bryce Young. I'll tell you what, though, if more kids start doing that and it's successful, look for the NBA to pump more money to the G League. I've seen more G League games on TV this year than any other year combined. See, I would let those kids go overseas because that's just more advertising for the NBA without actually an advertising budget. I'm not paying right. for it. They're just going over there. Right, exactly. And also too- No money out of my pocket. Right. Now and I got Australian kids, Czechoslovakian kids, everywhere. Exactly. And, and let's be honest too. It's like, if you if you want to talk about the fundamentals of the game of basketball, doesn't it seem as if those who go and play in Europe and they come to play in the NBA, they're more fundamentally sound playing the game? If, if they stay there long enough, and they respect the coaches long enough. Luka Doncic is not scared of anybody in this league no. at all. The day, he wasn't the day he stepped on the floor at yeah. all. He, he said Lamelo Ball isn't either. He said Lamella it was Ball. easier to score, he, and he played in Australia. Right, he I'm played not, in Australia. I mean, Australia's got a good basketball league, but it's not the Spain. It's not the Spanish basketball. League. Right, right, of course. But <laughs> again, it's the mentality of the game. They teach uh, fundamentals. The, the fundamentals, the fundamentals of the game, which teamwork. When, when it comes to the uh, back screens, when it comes to the uh, cuts and things that nature going off of screens, it's it's just a lot more crisp. Especially, I was watching the um, even in the Italian league, like and the, the the Italian leagues, the Russian leagues. I mean, the the the, the Spanish league is 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 top dollar. But those other leagues, again, they preach. It's it's, it's the mentality knowing to move without the ball like knowing knowing how to come off a screen to know okay when i come off the screen i'll make sure that i come i come off i'm gonna rub the screen shoulder make it as tight as possible so i get open like those key things i wonder if in a european game i wonder if some of that soccer stuff leaks into the nba because when when they were talking about ginobili they were talking about how ginobili uses angle Mm -hmm. that's a soccer thing yeah the way they say yeah the way they set up on fast breaks and stuff and to make sure that you can get that pass off with no chance for the defender to touch it. Mm-hmm. The guy without the ball moving, that's where the soccer part comes in. Exactly. 
keeping that distance from the point guard and setting the angle up for the point guard to make that easy pass. So I wonder if I wonder if maybe with the Europeans creeping in, they understand the angles better. They understand cuts. Because I'm going to tell you, the first when I started playing five on five basketball, the thing that got me was how crowded that floor was. Yeah. Holy shit! And it's like, you want me to cut? Where? Where am I cutting? Yeah. So sometimes I wonder if maybe the European guys have a better understanding of the angles and they might be able to bring that in. Well, and, and it, it all is full circle. It goes back to coaching. Right. Well, they also go to academies for their sport, which is what yeah. we should be doing because yeah. we're not making. There's very few Myron roles out there. Is that his name? Was it Myron? Yeah, yeah. From yeah, FSU, he's a do- neuroscient neuro uh, neuro a brain doctor, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's a brain doctor. Yeah, a neurosurgeon. Yeah, neurosurgeon. And um, there's very few of those guys. Let's train them for what they're going to be. Right, train right. them to be professional athletes and good citizens. And then and that's they'll a, have. That's and then nice. if you train them to properly manage their money, if they choose to get a degree when they're done, they'll be able to afford it ten times over. It won't be a problem. And the big thing is in the European leagues, they can join these leagues. There's no age limit. Mm -hmm. So you can be 14, 15, 16 years old. As long as you can compete, you can play in these leagues. Yeah. And so, I mean, and you, you got a guy like, like Luca who played in against grown men when he was 15 years old right. and learned how to get better, Co- get stronger Kobe. and, and get on do all of that. So when he made, met the age limit of the NBA, he was a four-year veteran. Yeah. Kobe's Co- another example. Kobe grew up playing with the Italian league. Yeah. His dad was playing the Italian. He practiced with them. You know, what's going to intimidate you when you wind up a senior in high school, you're playing against 25 year old guys who are like nine inches taller than you. Exactly. Like what's going to, intimidate you yeah so look look for where espn puts their dollars look for where fox sports puts their dollars if they start putting in the g league more players will go there they start putting it into these european leagues which by the way all they have to do is broadcast the games we'll look for more players to go there because it's all about getting exposure yes you know getting money is great especially when you're 15 16 years old and you don't have anything um but at the end of the day these kids want exposure to be drafted um and and i will say yes for every luka donchen for every Jokic, there's also a Mario Herzogna. There's a Fran Vasquez. Not every player that comes from the European League makes it in the NBA, but I would think that I think the percentages are so much better. From a... super, that Super Mario comment hurt me. <laughs> I had hopes for that guy. He was one of those Porzingis cats that had a little bit of NBA street swagger in him. He had a little, I was like, oh, he might have the attitude. No, you don't. don't no, you don't. Attitude, don't. No, he had the attitude. He didn't have the game. Tell you what, when he dunked on Giannis and stepped over his ass, I was like, ooh. Yeah, that's what I said. He had the attitude. He didn't have the shot. Just dunk so, more. Dunk yeah. more. Why do we have two Dorian? Oh, one, fro- one froze. That's why. Yeah. So it's all good. Yeah. Hey, there he is. Hey. <laughs> Man, <laughs> my, bad, my computer battery died. Something on the phone. It's almost like you didn't know we were going to do this tonight or something. (laughs) (laughs) So when the bus hits you, you'll pop out the other side. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but, sure. <laughs> but BJ, don't forget why Mello went to Europe. Okay, he didn't go there because he wanted to. No, something. He happened. went there because yeah, because when he was in C- at UCLA, he was in jail, and they kicked him what off the team. Yeah, I what, think they were doing a trip. Was it? Yeah, it was he? They he and a couple other guys were stealing stuff. Why? Yeah, Gucci glasses. You know why? Why? Because they thought they could. Yeah, right. James. <laughs> that was definitely a James move. Oh, Peter yeah. Ward. <laughs> yeah, he, hey, he was that Peter Ward thing's point. tough. That Peter Ward thing's tough. If you go to Bell's Outlet tomorrow, or you go to Bell's tomorrow, and walk in there with a bunch of clothes, and the cashier says, 
Don't worry about it. I'm walking the fuck out yeah. too. Right. Walking exactly. out. So I feel bad for Peter Warwick. We're not going to put Peter on that list. Yes. It's the same thing. Same thing with the Jameis and the crab legs. Now Jameis is on some other knucklehead things. But if if I'm if I'm at Publix and some dude says, "Here, have some free crab legs," like okay. <laughs> you know when Jameis stood up on that table in the middle of the square. It, FSU and yelled F right my pussy. That's when I knew that's, that's when I knew he had no shot at being an NFL quarterback. No, no he NFL quarterback. No NFL quarterback has been caught doing that. Caught doing that. I don't know if they've done it. Brett Favre has probably done something like that at some point in his life. I'm sure. But he did not get caught doing it. Right. <laughs> and, and the difference is I, i'm sure brett did it at some you know fraternity party somewhere Jameis did it in a picnic ta- on picnic table in front of everyone in the square in the middle <laughs> in the of the square. Square. so yes i go back to my point Jameis is a knucklehead he will always be a knucklehead <laughs> i mean anybody uh, that knows he's blind and that there's a surgery available to fix him and he waits four extra years to get it done is a fucking idiot <laughs> Like it's, it wasn't a money thing. It's not an insurance Definitely. thing. That was a choice thing. Right. Now oh, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I only throw thirty yards anyways. It's fine. I don't need to see the other twenty. <laughs> and I, I guess my my question is, okay, so as a student athlete at at a university, your healthcare is pretty much taken care of, especially as a student athlete. So Boyd and Jimbo, the great coach there at Florida State, go, um, dude, um, go go get your eyes checked. And what's the recovery on eye surgery? Like three days? On on LASIK, it's like a week. It's not bad. He no, you can do it in the practice. off season. He could probably be practicing in days you know he might not be able to like full contact for a while but he could probably be practicing in days but i mean but but again jimbo fisher didn't care he was winning so what does it matter right that's actually what we talked about these coaches like like you said coaches weak ass coaches weak ass coaches up and down the line up and down the divisions yeah um even what? I was gonna say, yeah, that's what makes a coach like like Popovich so amazing because he's so rare. Yeah, they are, and and even and even the it's like like this uh, for college football, for example, it's like those Hall of Fame type coaches are like starting to dwindle, and I think a lot of it has to do with their their mentality because you could tell a lot of those coaches back uh, like you you got the I can't think of the coach from. Uh, uh, Ohio State, like yeah, the Woody Hayes, the the bow is a Sean Sean Buckley, Sean Beckler, Sean Beckler. Oh, Beckler. You better show some respect to that in the area. I, well, that's why I asked. That's why I asked. Um, <laughs> but but those coaches, like you can tell, they value the game to the point where it's like I'm going to give you all of me so we can win. A lot of these coaches now, they're like, hey, you know what? I need you to, you know. Uh, pass for 3,000 yards, get me a couple of touchdowns, we can win the division, hopefully get to a, uh, a college playoff, and then I can get me a job in the NFL. So it's just okay. like the mentality change. But, but Dorian, I, I, will, I will present you this. I will count on my own argument. Who would you rather be? Would you rather be Dabber Sweeney, Jim Harbaugh? Who would you rather be? Uh, Dabble. <laughs> I was wondering what you were thinking about. Point. I didn't know if your computer froze or something or your phone froze. I was like, what's he thinking about? <laughs> well, I mean, I, answer I, the I, fucking question. <laughs> <laughs> what is he thinking about? <laughs> I want to be Jim Parball. I like khaki pants and cold weather. But that, but that's my point. Dabo doesn't give a crap about these kids and, uh, or the families. As much as he says he does, he doesn't. He, does right. he just wants them, get them in there, get his wins get to the playoffs and get his bonus. The Harbaugh, only time they care about those players is when they do something that can embarrass the program. That's it. Yep. But Harbaugh actually wants to be a father figure to these kids, whether mm. they want him to or not. That's what he is there for. He has said that multiple times and he has proved it. That's a but, real turnoff. If you got a dad. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem uh, is, is 
he doesn't win as much. Right. I mean, he's getting his ass kicked in recruiting because yeah, <laughs> off the yeah. top rope. Yeah. It, well, I mean, it's just what it is. But I, but also too, I I think if Jim Harbaugh, because again, it's I don't know if it's Michigan, but it's just a matter of like. When you think of the Big Ten, you got, oh, everyone goes to Ohio State and then everyone else is slim pickings. Like, you just pick and choose or go dwindle here and dwindle there. So it's like, it's it's it's, it's just tough, especially when um Jim Harbaugh, he was used to coming to Florida to do recruiting. And now you got, uh everyone's coming to Florida to recruit now. Even you got some schools in Texas coming to Florida to recruit. Um, I think U- USC has our top defensive player in the state now. Um, I can't think of the guy's USC? name. USC has our top defensive player. Um, hey, in the these state. universities are slacking down here. Yeah, so yeah. so we got a guy going to USC. Matter of fact, USC has two Florida guys. Yes, two Florida guys. Yeah. That's, too much. See, that's the that's the thing though. Like the old school recruiting, hey, I need to recruit my state. That doesn't work anymore, no. and it hasn't worked in ten or fifteen years. And mm-hmm. and Dorian, you're right about the Big Ten. Is when when players when they're like, hey, look, I want to I want to play D one. I can play D one. I'm going to get scholar. You know, I'm in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. I can go to Ohio State, or if I want to play in the Big Ten because I've got the Big Ten network, I'm going to go anywhere else. Now the problem with for me. Michigan is is if you're an offensive player is you'll go to Indiana you'll go to Penn State you'll go to um, even Northwestern because you'll get an opportunity to play in a fast-paced offense where until recently the Michigan offense has been that old school three yards in a cloud of dust let's move the ball down the field meticulously Rich Rod changed that for you yeah (laughs) red offense Gaddis has tried to get that to change, but I think part of the part of the problem is a he doesn't have the players, but b Harbaugh is insistent. Hey, you need to keep running these types of plays, and we'll see what happens this year. Whether or not Gaddis just doesn't go, go fuck himself, and I'm going to call him whatever plays I want, or if it continues. If I'm yeah. going out, I'm going out on my own volition. I'm not going to yeah. let your decisions take me out. Well, and and going back to preparing you for your career. Don't forget, this is Gannis's first you know, position as an offensive coordinator. He was a wide receiver coach at Alabama. He's never called plays before. He mm. never actually run, ran an offense before coming to Michigan. So he he's looking for that mentor of this is you know, hey, how do I, what do I do this? How do I do that? And it's just like any other job. So if you've got Herball mm. telling you, hey, you need to be running this, you're going to do it. Um, mm. BJ, BJ, to your point though, eventually he's just going to know, F it. I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do because if this doesn't work, I may shit. not get another job. Exactly. Right. I need. To, I'm, I'm audition mode now. Yeah. Right. Oh, AK. Um, who's the quarterback that just transferred to you guys? Um, the guy from Texas Tech, Bowman, I believe. Yeah, Bowman. Yeah. 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 Oh, apparently he had a solid Ooh. season at Texas Tech when I was. When I was Michigan moving up in the world, recruiting Texas <laughs> Tech's trash. Well, yeah, it was. It was. A, he was a graduate transfer. Um, going back to the transfer portal. Now, what's really funny is the, the shit quarterback from last year, he he left. Milton's gone. I think he had other issues. McCarthy is gone. I'm not McCarthy. McCaffrey is gone. So there's, I, fig, I, I forget who actually um, started a, a couple games for Michigan um, last year, went back when they were playing. He was all right, and they got this Bowman kid. Um, and then the, the JJ kid they got coming in next year, potentially may be good. Um, we'll see. And again, it's also, can you get weapons and can you use those weapons appropriately? Because they had, back when they had um, Collins, Pe- you know, Peoples-Jones, and and Black, they had a great right receiving core and never used them. Wow. Um, what happened to that recruiting pipeline that Michigan used to have out of Chicago? I know they will always be in competition between, it will be uh, Michigan. These fuckers took it. Numbers. These fuckers took them. <laughs> <laughs> 
but, but that's was, what happened. Yeah, Part line in Chicago for football and basketball at one point. Michigan did. Yeah, and and when Trestle got to Ohio State, he basically cut that off. So and, and that that's been the problem is Trestle will bend the rules for his players, and obviously we all know that that Herbs has no qualms about breaking rules at all. Um, and. <laughs> And so Michigan just doesn't play that. And so, and they've gotten hurt by it. Man. Well, hopefully things uh, will get better for them. I mean. Dude, I, it, I, I, I hope so. I, I can't go through another year <laughs> of Ohio State being better for various reasons. <laughs> because, because I'm not going to lie, like, like back in the 90s, like I was a semi-Wolverine fan because of Tyrone Wheatley. At, at one point, I thought he was the best running back of all time in college uh, football at one point. You know, but Michigan in the 90s. That, were that explains why the Jags are your favorite team, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> says a team with no quarterback, but you know, uh, but you know, like so that's the guy who doesn't have an even like a professionals on his team. So anyway, yeah, I know, I'm a, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Tank for Sunshine over here. Hey, hey, you know what? That's fine. Us and Sunshine is going to tap the Cowboys' ass. I guarantee that, and the Lions too. You get some too, AK, because the Lions they're There's nothing to brag about. Do you <laughs> brag about being six footers at basketball? <laughs> Why? I know it's like kicking a special knees child. What a piece of shit. Hey, 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 come on, man. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> but, yeah, the Cowboys need to take care of their quarterback situation, and then they can talk to us because we have our quarterback. We must be but coming to the end of the show because we're talking shit about the Cowboys again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you guys can go out to uh, Jameis. Jameis is uh, available. Like I like quarterbacks who can see. So, but yeah, Dorian, to what you were saying, yes, Michigan back in the in the eighties and nineties. I mean that that was what what we grew up as Michigan. What's really funny is they would always finish like eight and four, nine and three. They didn't normally have a big year except for ninety seven. But they never grew out of that. Right. You know, once Jim Beckler retired, Carr took over, won the title in ninety seven, and just kind of kept doing the same thing. But the game progressed, and they didn't. Mm. And there's they're stuck in this perpetual like mediocrity that they've always kind of been in people say well you know michigan's a, a powerhouse yeah they've always been ranked because there hasn't always been that many good teams mm-hmm. but if you look at the records they were normally eight like i said eight and four nine and three hell there was one year they never lost a game but only won eight because they tied four teams mm-hmm. so i mean they, they you know they've never really been great outside of a year here they're almost like the lsu of the north so that, that's that's the thing but they it's they haven't progressed and when they had rich rod and joke as as um head coaches they were just pathetic and harbaugh has been fixing some of that but i think he's kind of reached his ceiling with yeah. his mentality so, so you think uh you think michigan Guess you go younger at, at, uh, at a head coach. Well, and that that's the problem is I don't know who else they can get. Um, hey, what? I don't think anybody's going to listen to us bullshit for two hours. That's what I think. <laughs> Uh, l- listen to the bullshit of Michigan football. Like, hell, I don't really want to talk oh, about no, Michigan about football. about anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I got about two hours in a chair before my back acts up, so I hit my limit. I'm about to have to stand up on you. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm letting you know. I'm letting you know. I st- I still use this thing for work, so, so because B- because BJ's old and broken. I think we'll we'll call it a night for, for this week. <laughs> my my four herniated disc said, "Fuck you." <laughs> Hey, hey, just just don't do the ESPN Sports Center herniated disc of flub, and I think we'll be okay. Oh no! If it was from ESPN, I would have screamed that at you. 
<laughs> no, just, by, the, hey, by the way, to all of our listeners, I know I address you like once a week, but here we go. We're not going to scream. We're going to do our best to not scream at you. Yes, we're exactly. Doing, and, and, we may raise our voice. We may get slightly animated, but we're not going to scream at you because Skip Bayless sucks. I mean, he works for Stephen A. Smith, so. I mean. Stephen A. Smith sucks, too. I'm sick of that shit. <laughs> I'm so sick of I like I just want you to know that we don't say things because we want you to hear it. We say things because this is either how we think or feel or we thought it was funny. That's just that's what it is. We aren't we aren't sitting here all week scripting bullshit for you guys. We don't play characters on TV. We are ourselves. All we have is, is who we all are. we have is a group chat. All we have is a group chat that we share ideas and <laughs> stuff off of and talk about stuff that has nothing to do with sports sometimes. That's it. And and on, on that note, if anyone would like to join, just let us know and we'll see about getting um, guest spots. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be great. Anybody have their own opinions or ideas, just uh, yeah, like to add. absolutely. I have, a, I have a friend who's a Bears fan. I'd like to bring him on here just talk shit to him. Oh, bring him. <laughs> hey, bring him on. Bring him on. We'll, we'll we'll share the love. He actually used to do a podcast. He might be interested in checking it out. See what he uh, see. He might want to come in and talk for a little bit. Yep, not yeah. a problem. But he loves his sports. He's um actually big into the MMA and boxing, which I think we should talk more about because MMA is a pretty big sport. Yeah, it, it is a big sport. If I followed it and I understand, I mean, I understand it, but if I followed I it, I probably would talk about it. I so. it, it was really hard for me to get over the fact that people laying on the ground and getting the face punched in. I was like, man, I've been, I watched boxing my whole life. This isn't how it goes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you, you can, ref, you can step in here and stop this now. It's fine. I promise you. <laughs> no, we need six more stitches. <laughs> more blood shed. More blood shed. More blood. It pleases the emperor. <laughs> hey, Damon White's like, okay, cut it, cut it. And I, I need him to fight in a couple of months. Cut it, cut yeah. it. A couple of months? <laughs> he will turn you around in six weeks if you don't have stitches. That's true. Dude, hey, man, the UFC is a meat market. Those guys are underpaid. There's going to be a UFC revolution sooner or later. Watch. I can totally see that. Those guys are underpaid. All, all it takes is somebody. ACLs. Yeah, well, all it takes is somebody to, st- to start their own their own division. I mean, mm. somebody with enough money that can get these that they can get these guys better payment. Navigating the TV contract part of that might be tricky. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't think UCF's going to do everything they can to, to stomp that into the ground? Because all they're going to do is just raise their price, raise their pay slightly, and suck up every good fighter they can. Well, and, and here's the trick. With all the streaming services out there, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody just started their own MMA streaming channel. That's a good idea. Adam just came up with an idea. Don't post this episode. None of these people need to hear your <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the second one archived due to the meltdown on the last one <laughs> see we got to treat those episodes like disney treats cinderella where they throw in the vault and then we release it 10 years later and charge everybody five times the amount <laughs> no shit we're gonna treat we're gonna treat that one like song of the south and just disavow it completely <laughs> whoa that episode wasn't that bad <laughs> That episode wasn't that bad. We weren't equivalent to straight up Jim Crow era cues. Okay, so here. So one, one last know. final thing before before we talk about that. Song of the South. Disney will completely disavow that that movie even exists. Mm-hmm. However, they will play the songs from Song of the South, Zippity yeah. Doo all day long. Yeah. And up until about two years ago, they had a freaking ride based on Song of the South. No, sure. <laughs> but no, it doesn't exist. It definitely doesn't exist. 
<laughs> so we're, we're, we're leaving people... up to white people just a just a Jedi mind trick, Jedi mind trick their way out of racism. That didn't happen. Yeah, it did. No, it didn't. Maybe it didn't. So yeah, we're, we're people are we're all up in arms. Oh my God, they're changing Splash Mountain to be you know Princess and the Frog. Yeah, because they can sell more toys. Exactly. <laughs> complicated. So many years they update shit to the new set of toys and they. Just market. Yeah, it's, it's nothing new. Yeah. You know what I'm really sick about? It's getting bad. This whole everything's a problem thing. Like this whole country got real fucking soft. You can't. Okay. So I, I'm gonna say this. We can't do Nobody... this. We can't do this. It's eleven o'clock. Yeah. Let, let's just not. Let's just not. We can't do this. We'll, we'll this. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna need surgery. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is Sam. Holy. Adam laughed too hard. He might pass out. I know he's Y'all have a great day. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Peace. Want more Sandlot Sports? Just follow us on Facebook at Sandlot Sports or on Twitter at Sandlot Sports 2020.